Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. My mind, you just wake up and go rake. If you're cold going into the postseason, too bad. If you're hot, go get them. How many wild card teams do we see get to the to the the, the LCS and the World Series almost every year? Nationals in '19 won it. Phillies got to it last year. Both of those were last seeds. Get you don't like it? Play better. Figure it the f- out, guy. Okay. This is postseason baseball. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. All right, Booksy. My blood is boiling for this episode. Boiling. I am dealing with okay. a car issue. Okay. And I'm dealing with customer service, which oh, means Oh boy. Let me guess. Let me guess. Wait, wait, wait. Let me. Does this have something to do with an extended warranty that you don't have on your used car? You see this little fox guy here? Yeah. The car fox, the Carfax. He's full of shit is what he is. <laughs> Episode 102, Wake and Rake podcast. This is not a car warranty podcast. This is a baseball <laughs> podcast. But Indeed. my blood's boiling, which means this is going to be one hell of an episode. I like the uh, the sweater you got on right now. It's hockey season. I like that. I lo- I've always liked those unis. That that like turquoise blue, whatever, whatever their color is. I don't know. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. The sharks. Um, it doesn't lead to many wins for my San Jose Sharks, unfortunately. No, but it looks good. It does look good. Um, has Jenny's decorated the house for fall yet? Um, I mean, so we just got this hot streak in Florida, so it's kind of hard to do it when it's ninety three. Yeah. Um, it's been hot out in Cali too. I saw that. But next week we're gonna be like upper seventies, low eighties. We do have some Halloween, like we have this like inflatable, it looks like a skeleton unicorn. The girls picked it out and it like, it sits on the front porch. It's probably like four and a half, five feet tall. And then like, you just plug it in and it blows up. It stays blown up. It has like uh, red eyes. It's supposed to be creepy, but the girls love it. Um, that's about all we have up right now. There's like some pumpkins and stuff around the house, but we got to like, uh, we'll get it going next week when it cools off. Unicorn, scary eyes. It seems a bit counterintuitive. It's Halloween. So you got to play both sides. I got a five-year-old and an almost four-year-old girl. It's like a rainbow unicorn, but it's like a skeleton version of it. Made it as scary as possible. Okay, leave me alone. Do you have your uniform or uniform? Do you have your outfit picked out for Halloween? Well, I don't. I'll figure something out. Last year, you were bluey, right? You were bluey last year? No, uh, I didn't dress up last year. That's lame. Yeah, I don't. I think oh because I got home like an like an hour before they went trick or treating. I'd been out of town mm. for like a week, but uh, Jenny dressed. It was like Blippy. That's what it was. Blippy. That's right. I did not dress up. You will not catch me ever as Blippy. Thank God they're over that stage. Why? Why you got to be so why you, about wh- it? Where did the decoration discussion come from? Where you? Oh, because my wife started. My wife started decorating in September. She's like pumpkin yeah. spice latte girl, isn't she? Yeah, yeah that's fair. Of course. Very basic. Long All right, let's get into nervous. some baseball talk. Enough fall talk. I've had enough of it with my wife. I told you my blood's boiling. So I, I don't want to mess around. I want to get right into our discussion on playoff format. Okay, Dodgers, see you later. Orioles, see you later. Both number one seeds are gone, and everybody's thrown a fit about the playoff format, saying that these teams that earned themselves a first-round buy are now coming into the second round cold. Dude, I mean, there's... There's no really way around it. Look at the last two years. I mean, the 
does a regular season matter? Like, I guess that's the question is like, no, what's the point of getting a buy? What's the point of home field advantage when the last couple of years, it doesn't actually help. It seems so teams that won 91 games or more this year in the regular season are one in 12 in the postseason. It's that yikes. The Diamondbacks won 16 fewer games than the Dodgers. Matters. You know, also, you know what does matter? No pitching for the Dodgers. We'll get to that. Let's stay on the structure right now. Um, I just want a yes or no answer, and then I'm going to give you what I would do. Would you change the structure? The format? No. No? Okay. I think I would. Because I do think, and I'm not making excuses for these teams, Um but five or six days off at the end of the season, while the team you're going to play just played a three-game series, and they obviously won it because you're playing them. They got momentum. They're, they've been playing games. It's a, it's a real thing. You play ball. Like, you get it. Um, <clears throat> it's not an excuse for these teams. They should still win. But five or six days off at that point in the season is, yes, it's good. It rests your arms, but your offense is going to take a hit. And I think that's where we've seen it the most. Um like bullpens and arms feel good, but the the, the timing has been off. Takes the offense, the Dodgers' offense, one of the best offenses in baseball, did absolutely nothing. They scored no more than two runs. They never had a lead in that series. Now their pitching didn't give them a chance, but um, I do think the, the the time off hurt them. I think it hurt Atlanta. Obviously, in Game One, you're facing a bullpen game essentially from Philly, and you get beat. Um, so to the structure. I think I would change it. I think, okay, I think I go back to two wild card teams instead of three. Okay. I think you play a one game wild card game. That way it's only like two, two, met the max three days off for these teams who get the bye or, or the division winners. The division winners all, all go uh, to the next round. The winner of the winner take all, obviously the wild card team would play the, the the best record team. Right. But then so MLB, obviously, let's be honest here. They didn't expand the structure to grow the game and you know more fan bases in the postseason. It's about money, dude. It's about more game, more concession, more ticket sales, more everything. You know what I mean? More money. So let's go two wildcard teams from each each league, one wildcard game. Now the division series instead of five games is seven. So you have Seven-game series, seven-game series, seven-game series. All right, so now MLB gets essentially the same amount of games, so they're still making their money, but there's not this massive lull for these teams who were the best teams in baseball. What do you think? And then this round with Philly and Atlanta, who, which could essentially be the World Series, whoever wins this one, you get a seven-game series. I don't know. And while, MLB's happy because they're still making money. While you were making your case, I kind of thought about how I would change it. I originally said no. Let me rephrase it by saying I don't love best of three. I think that's too small because a best of three, I don't I don't necessarily think the best team wins two out of three. You know, you see in the regular season, shitty teams beat good teams all the time. Sometimes right. it's matchups, sometimes it's just time. And that's what's tough with a one game winner go home as well, because if this wild card team, you know, they have four okay starters and one stud, 
they squeak into the playoffs. They're a wild card team because their starters aren't great, but they have a stud. They have a DeGrom or Strider, or, you know, somebody like that. And then they can pitch and win the wild card game. Boom. You know, but I don't know. Go. I cut you off. Go. I'm trying to wrap, get my words together here. I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. I don't like number one seeds, number two seeds, just having a week off. I think it does impact them in a negative way. It does. Yeah. With that with that said, I think the only way to fix it would be to expand the playoff even more. See, no, that waters it down. That waters it down way too much. Because right now you have 12 teams out of 30. And you want to go more? So that that that's even want, more want, incentive not that's even more incentive not to win your division. I know. Want isn't want isn't what I that's not the word I would use. I don't know if I want to expand the postseason. I'm saying to be for it to be more fair. I feel like expanding the postseason would be the answer. Yeah, that's the most 2023 answer. So make it yeah, more fair. It is. It is. But <laughs> that's, that's not a knock only... at you. But that's just the world right now. But... So right now, you either have let's see one, two. You either have eight teams make the postseason and nobody gets a buy. What about ten teams? Like I said. 10 teams and you have the one the one game wild the card. The one gamer. But now which you're... is fun. Which is fun. Yeah. And then you go seven game divisional series, seven games LCS. Yeah. Seven game World Series. Now yeah. wait, everybody's happy. You have a two or three day off period, not five or six, which is very doable. It's good for your arms. It's also not too much. You can play an inner squad in there in, in between it. And now MLB still makes their money because you it's just it's the same amount of games. Yeah. Unless obviously you get all sweeps, but I, I think your solution is the best. I I just I'm don't know if they want to go less teams, but I feel like you need to incentivize teams to win because right now they don't they don't you don't want to. You want to be a wild card team right now. Yeah, because the opposite oh. argument for that would be well, the Arizona Diamondbacks would not be in the postseason this year with your format. And yet right. here they are in the NLCS. Right. But they also, I'm not going to say took advantage of a team that had all this off time because it, it, it's layered with with the Dodgers. It's beyond that. Yeah, I think their offense didn't do great because of that. Let's say one game they did that, but they did that for three games. Yeah. So at some point you got a hat tip to Arizona and say, man, you pitched your ass off, right? Their bullpen was phenomenal, right? They they Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman were one for 21. They circled them in the lineup said. You ain't beating us. Mm-hmm. And their one hit of those 21 was an infield single. So they just did a good job with them. Now, I do think that the days off probably had something to do with that. But, like, you can't say that for three games. You got shut down. Yep. And that's part of that's part of the postseason. If you're cold going into the postseason, too bad. If you're hot, go get them. How many wild card teams do we see get to the, to the, the, the LCS and the World Series almost every year? Mm-hmm. Nationals in 19 won it. Phillies got to it last year. Both of those were last seeds getting it. So let's not forget Philly was also a wildcard team this year. Mm-hmm. And they're all of a sudden everyone's favorite. Two things can be true. Number one, I agree with you that your playoff format, going back to that one game wild card and then going straight into the best of five or best of seven after that, I think that's the best of solutions. Not having as expanded of a postseason. I agree with you there. The second part that can also be true, however, is I'm sick and tired of hearing all these fan bases saying, oh, our our lineup's cold. We had a whole week off, and well, we won this many games, so we shouldn't 
be condemned for winning 100 games in a regular season. You're a player, Brooksy. What's one of the most common phrases you hear as a competitor in the clubhouse is, you don't like it, play better. Figure it the fuck out, guy. Okay? This is postseason baseball. You know what those fans would hate even more? If they were the best team in baseball and had to play a first round series and someone else got to buy. Yeah. They'd be pissed. And, and that's my that's my that's part of my argument like too. You is, can't if they're not happy if they're losing, which they shouldn't be. Right. If you don't want that first round buy, lose more games in the regular season. That is your prerogative. <laughs> so so what if this exact structure that we're in right now, all the teams that got buys lost every game except the Dodgers or the Braves? Just pick your team and they sweep. They're not complaining about it. No, and and now it's turning into. It's all about football. what your team's doing right now. And right? and if if that's the case, if you want the number one seeds and two seeds to all advance, now it's just Division One college football. You're gonna have right. Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and you might have a fourth team luck into you know an NLCS game. But that's what college football has become. It's right. it's you have three Random dominant CCU teams, or right. Notre Dame, or someone yeah. sneaks in there. Basically, if that's what you want, Major League Baseball playoffs to become. Nah. That's your opinion. I let say, me give you some stats, Brooksy. <clears throat> I have some data for you, okay? Give it to me. So since they implemented the buy system in 2012, so in 2012, that's when they expanded the postseason to have that one-game wild card, which means that teams got a little bit of a break in between games, right? 2012 was that first season. So since implementing that buy system in 2012, the only years that a number one or a number two seed did not advance to the World Series was in 2012 and 2014. 12 seasons, two times we've had a World Series without a number one and or number two seed. So twice. So that means that 10 out of 12 seasons, you're having one of those top seeds in the biggest series of the, well, of the season. Look at the Dodgers in 21, 22, and now 23. Arguably have, I think it's, they have three of the top six upsets in MLB postseason history based off of their amount of wins and the team that beat them amount of wins. The Padres beat them two years ago. Yeah. Uh, last year, obviously, they got beat by the no, Phillies. Last, last year, last year's Padres. Last Padres. year's Padres, yeah. Okay, I got it switched up. I got it switched up. But it was three years in a row that there was a big difference in yeah. who beat them. Obviously, 2020, they won it. But yeah. um, Can we talk about that? I don't know. It's interesting, man. I don't I know they've had injury injuries to pitching, right? Like over the over the years. Like that's always kind of hurt them in the postseason. Yeah. And you start digging into like they're kind of like the Rays as far as I mean, they have bigger names, but they're kind of like the Rays as far as how they use their guys. And you start to think like, are they overusing guys and then just replacing them with like who they're developing and signing? It's kind of what it feels like. Cause they have like a farm of arms. Arm farm. Arm barn. I don't think it's Dave Roberts. You know. I don't either. Everyone calling for his head. I'm like, what? What is he supposed his, to do? His number one was Kershaw, who got a out. A out. You know, and I did say this. I was doing some CBS stuff yesterday, and I said, if the Dodgers can find a way to win game three, I bet Kershaw pitches his ass off in game four, and they, they get to game five. Yeah, you you hope so, but we say it, that every year. Like, oh, just get the get Kershaw no, one more like game. Like twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, he was much better. He was, you, you know. So obviously, he has his history. Like he's been well, he's a career two eight, and then in the postseason, his career like five eight. 
I feel terrible. Like I feel terrible. Difference. I feel just terrible. Me too, him. because he's God. he's a Hall of Famer. He's a, you know, it's, yeah, it sucks. But at this point, it's just something like it's in his head. It's not like some magic thing. He had a lot of failure early in his career in the postseason, and it's in the back of his head. He's human, believe it or not. He bleeds red. I think that's what makes baseball and playoff baseball in particular so beautiful, though, is <clears throat> the MLB playoffs is the closest thing in sports to March Madness. You, oh, cannot, yeah. you can't predict these things. Clayton Kershaw, arguably the best pitcher of his generation, one of the greatest regular season pitchers in baseball history, spanning 150-plus years. It's one thing for a guy to be dominant in the regular season, and maybe he struggles a little bit in the postseason, like his ERA balloons to three and a half, four. Max Scherzer, uh, you know, Justin Verlander have similar discrepancies regular mm-hmm. season, postseason. But to, for a guy, for his ERA to more than double in the it's postseason. Like almost, yeah, more than doubles. Yeah, you're right. It's like there, three, there is not a, more. There's not a single scout. There's not a single analytic. There is nobody that can explain that. And that's I think that's what makes measure baseball. what he's thinking, man. And that's why I think makes baseball so special and unique yeah. is you you cannot explain these things. And in that in that same breath, he's one of the best to do it, right? Yeah. And then he struggles in the on the big stage. But then you have a guy like Gabriel Moreno, like, who like three homers in 16 postseason at bats as a 23-year-old. Like what? Four homers in an inning. I mean, how sick was that? From a team that doesn't hit a ton of homers, and they are just launching. I mean, Lance Lynn throws a big ball. Like, he we give up 44 homers in the regular season. So, if you told me before the game, okay, like, how's how the Diamondbacks going to win? I would have said – I would not have said homers, even knowing that Lance Lynn gives up a lot of homers. I would have still said they're going to take their knocks. They're going to hit some doubles. They're going to steal bases, cause chaos on the base pass. Play small ball, hit behind the guy, bunt him over. Like that's what they do. They play old school baseball, hard nosed baseball. And that's what makes them that's a Tory Lavello team, right? Mike Hazen team. But man, the postseason, if you look at the postseason, good starting pitching, obviously some leverage guys in the bullpen, and homers. Teams that out homer always win. Yep. Always. Because emotions are high, you're pumped up, adrenaline's through the roof. And you got guys hitting homers in big moments, and that just sets your team on fire. And then you go. Look at the Phillies yesterday. Six taters. According to Sarah Langs, teams to out homer their opponents in this year's postseason are 13 and one. So also, you get more dingers. But not win 91 games <laughs> in the regular season. <laughs> but yeah. It hit a lot of homers and lose more games in the regular season. Jeez. That's that's the formula. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful game. Okay, let's talk. We'll talk about Orlando Arcia, Bryce Harper, that drama in a bit. And we'll also talk about the ALCS preview, Rangers, Astros. But let's talk about 2020 a little bit. Kind of look back and say the Dodgers have made the postseason 11 straight seasons. And they've won their division in 10 of those last 11 years. Their one title was 2020 in a 60-game season. And we've both agreed, you know, Everybody played the same schedule. Everybody played the same postseason. Everybody had the same fair chance in that 2020 year. But I think whenever you look back on a year and you say, "Whoa, why was their record 42 and 18?" Oh, that's right. They it was a it was a pandemic season. It, it was a shortened pandemic season. That you know that's why. So I don't think it needs an asterisk next to it that 2020 season because I think. When people look back in history, they're going to be like, oh, that was 
it, it's different. Look at the records. Look at how it was played. And everybody's going to know that the context was unique that one year. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it was different, but everybody played under that. You know, it's right. Like, I don't think it needs one of those. I don't. Asterisks, I, I, I won't ever take away from them for winning it because anybody could have won it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. not like they had anything special or lucky because, you know, like literally everyone had the same roles. So. But it, it, it holds less, a little bit less weight than a regular 162. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It doesn't mean that everybody, you know, everybody had the same chance. We're all so there. Yeah. And they and just, they absolutely deserve sucks. to have the I guess the it just sucks for the Dodgers because they kind of are creating this narrative around their team of, we're going to win the division every year, but we're going to sputter out in the playoffs and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And then the one year they win it is that. So it's like, it just kind of adds to the story that is the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? Yeah. Yeah. One more stat. Dodgers starting pitchers in the series, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn, they combined to throw four and two-thirds innings. Diamondbacks game three starter, Brandon Fott, who had an ERA up over five in the regular season, near six. He threw four and a third innings pitch. He's so he figured it about, out, dude. He, he had about the same amount of innings pitched as the Dodgers starting pitchers combined, and he had an ERA near six in the regular season. I, I He threw the ball well. I was talking to a couple guys who faced him in the minor leagues over the last couple of years, Yeah, and he used to always try to throw the ball up in the zone because that's what everybody was taught the last couple of years is like get above the barrel, get above the launch. Um, and he started throwing this two-seamer this year. He really like kind of developed it throughout the year, and then like as the season went on, he got better against Milwaukee in the playoffs. He wasn't great. I think we talk about the human side of this, the human aspect. It was his first postseason start. He's young. He's what, 24. So I think he was nervous. He dealt yesterday. Yeah. He only had 42 pitches. They took him out. Mm-hmm. Like he could have easily thrown two more innings, but I get wanting to play the matchups and his history, and they weren't too. He hasn't earned that right to be like, no, 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 let me go two or three times through the lineup. He hadn't earned that yet. He hasn't shown he can do it. So that's why Tory took him out. But he had his stuff, boy. That sinker was starting like, you know, just above the knees and just biting like the square on the zone. It was just finishing right below the line, right below the line and swinging over it, pounding it to the ground. It was just, he was really good yesterday. I had to get, I have to give him some love because he really like figured it out. Evan Longoria headed back to the LCS for the first time in 15 years. Last time oh, he was in the LCS, he was a 22-year-old rookie with the Rays. The last time he was in the LCS. He had to wait 15 years to get back, Brooksy. That he could have been you. He, that could have been you. The, he's one of the good ones. Yeah. He's one of the good ones, man. He he is. I mean, I competed against him a lot when he was in our division. Uh, obviously, the Sox and the Rays had some battles. We played them in the, in, in the divisional series in 13 to then get to the Tigers and then get to the World Series. And he's just such a competitor, man. You watch him yesterday. He was still making plays. He knows he's not swinging out like he used to. He got pinch hit for at some point late in the game. But he had so many bullets hit him yesterday. And as a righty sinker pitcher, as fought it was in that first half of that game, you know as a third baseman, like, I'm getting a ton of balls and probably going to be, like, really hard hit top spinners. And he just gobbles everything up, man. Every time he throws it over there, his arm's not as strong as it used to be. It like comes out really high, and I'm like, no, and there's like, pow, Christian Walker right in the chest. I'm like, all right, you're a stud. You know what you're doing. He's fun to watch. Let's move on. A little bit of drama in Philadelphia and Atlanta. Reportedly, Orlando Arcia was uh, in the clubhouse 
after the Braves victory over Philly after game two. And Bryce Harper had a little bit of a base running blunder. And in the clubhouse, reporters started entering the clubhouse for the the media session. And there was a report out there from Fox Sports that Orlando Arcia was saying, attaboy Harper, referring to Harper's base running mistake. And allegedly, Harper, and I shouldn't even say allegedly, Harper admitted after the game that he took that personal and Harper went off in game three. Two homers. He, after the game, said that he obviously heard it and he stared right at Orlando Arcia as he rounded second base both times. Your <laughs> thoughts on the drama between ATL and Philly? All right, so I'm going to start from the beginning here. Uh, on the Bryce Harper play, we haven't been able to talk about this yet. Yeah. I actually didn't hate what he did. I know he got doubled off, but he's also like taking a chance because that ball gets off the wall or clanks off his glove, he scores. And that's the tying run. I think he just got a little too far. You got to stop like right around second base. And he was halfway to third. So that put him in a really tough spot. Um, so, But I don't think he was – I wouldn't say like – I know he got doubled off, but in my mind I'm not thinking like base running mistake. I feel like he took a chance because after that uh, there's two outs and you're probably not scoring from first there on a knock. So he took his chance. Because even if that gets down and he's around second base, even if he stops at third, it probably ends up second, third, one out, and he's and he's they got a chance to score. So I see what he's doing there. That's an aggressive move. You take a chance. I'm not going to call that a mistake, even though it got doubled off. Um, he it was kind of a decision he had to make right at that moment. Now to the Orlando Arcia stuff. I played with Orlando Arcia in AAA with the Brewers. He was just like 19 at the time, stud prospect, young kid, uh, really good dude. Good teammate, plays the game hard. He was still trying; he was really raw and green, and trying to figure it out. Then, so he um, English isn't great. It's I've talked to him in spring training this year. It's much better. So for all the people saying like, "Oh, he doesn't even know the, the language," yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. He's been over here since he was like seventeen. So um, beyond that, okay, what he said wasn't wrong at all. Had someone in the Braves made that mistake, someone probably would have made that comment in the Philly locker room. Let's be honest. Like baseball, the, the the universal language of baseball is sarcasm and like just being a smart ass. So someone screws up, you're like, that a boy, like you're chirping them. And that's just talking, that's just that that happens in the clubhouse. It happens on every team. Um, now here's where it gets weird. I don't know. I need more context uh, for the situation in the clubhouse because Travis Darno came, came out and said, like, this is our sanctuary. It's supposed to be our safe place. So that makes me think Darno's a smart guy. So that makes me think the media wasn't in there yet or they were waiting outside the door. The clubhouse wasn't open to the media yet. And maybe it was being chirped as, you know, you come in from the game. You give music, you kind of party for a sec, like five, 10 minutes, and then the media comes in. So if all the media is waiting outside the door and this is being said, someone heard it, or someone from within there who wasn't part of the media repeated it, I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's what it made it seem like when Darno made the comments he made. Uh, this is a sanctuary, it's a safe place, things aren't supposed to be repeated. He's not dumb. Like He knows when the media's in there, whatever happens is on the record unless it's said to not be. Um, but 99 times out of 100, if you say something and it's like that, someone, especially teams from the 
there's reporters and writers from the other team also in your clubhouse. All right. So guarantee that someone from Philly that probably heard that somehow, or at least got to them, or they heard someone else say it, who wrote the article to start that fire. Now the Philadelphia Phillies are full of guys who don't need bulletin board material. Bryce Harper for one does not, but the thing with baseball, this thing, the season starts at the end of February. That's when spring training games start. That's when the inner squads start. You fast forward to now, these guys have played on almost 200 games. It is very monotonous. It is repetitive. Uh, and you will find, as a ball player, you will look for every little thing possible to make that day different, make it feel different, to give you an edge, especially in the postseason. And that's what Bryce Harper did. I'm not saying he wouldn't have gone deep twice anyways. But once this came out, Everybody on earth knew what was about to happen. Bryce Harper was going to hit at least one homer. He almost got three. He just missed that one to center field in his third at bat. Um, so, long story long, <laughs> Orlando Garcia did nothing wrong. I don't. I need more context to figure out if some media member did something wrong, but if the media was all in there and that was being chirped, no one did anything wrong. That's their job. Um, I love it though. I, I think it's good for the game. I think the fans were into it more than booing Arcia and then him having shitty at bats. And then later on in the game, they're still booing on him and piling on him and he gets an RBI knock and like he's fired up on first bit. That's good for the game. It's good for baseball. I love it and I'm here for it. That's all I have to say. Don't stop because I actually have a question for you. If a reporter hears something while the doors are closed, that should know. be that should I know I'm saying hypothetically, should that be kept, you know, within the sanctuary? Probably, probably not. So, so you think it's fair game if you say something also, loud enough? And I and I will reiterate, I don't know if that's the case. I know I, I'm saying that's just, just like the way Darno answered the question about like, like that that made me feel like it wasn't open game like. I don't feel like he would say everything he said if all the media was in there when that was said. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It, it kind of seemed that way. And Arcia um, straight up said that was never supposed to get out. No, like they know who Bryce Harper is. Yeah. They know who Kyle Schwarber is. They know, like, they know those guys. You don't want to piss them off. And even though, like, it's, it's not. It wasn't a hateful thing. It wasn't like him talking about his family or it's just a quick little chirp. Like it's just a chirp. But like I said, as ball players, we look for something to make the next game different because now I'm not bored. I'm not saying they're bored, but it's different. And now I have a different focus. And for some reason, when you have something else to focus on or you're trying to get back at somebody or you're trying to show somebody up, you lock in just like a little bit more. And if Bryce Harper does that, it's going to be a lot of loud noises because he's always been that guy through his career. It's like when people pile on him or he's getting booed, he plays better. Yeah. Or if someone says something that sparks him or, or pisses him off, he plays well pissed off. Even if this, I guarantee he goes home and he's like, I don't care. Like, this is stupid. But he's going to come to the field and be like, that motherfucker said that about me. Mm -hmm. And he's putting on his uniform, and he, it's just that little bit of extra F you 
that these ball players need in the postseason. And you don't want to be the guy to give that to somebody. So I think everyone in Philly got to get Orlando Arcia's address and they should send him holiday cards because yeah. he might have just got them a World Series. I want to play this audio. I'll add it in to the podcast because Tom Brady hit it perfectly. He was on a podcast like maybe three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And he said, it doesn't matter really like what the opponent says. He's always looking for something. Guys guys will make something up if they have to. Got to create a lot of different emotion to, to, to heighten your sense of awareness and focus. Like for me, anger was good. Anger was good because it was motivating. The more I could create an enemy, the more I wanted to go out and kill those guys. Now, I knew I wasn't going to kill them physically, but man, if I could just, what did they say? You know, and what did they look like? Did they disrespect me at all? You know, and did that asshole say something? Like, those are little, little, little things that can get me right in the emotional frame of mind that when I ran on the field and I said, let's fucking go. It was really, let's go kick some ass. To heighten their senses. You hear Tom Brady say, wait, what did he say about me? Wait, wait what, did, what did they do? And yep. you can psych yourself into believing that people doubt you. And, if Dude, you have and, doubters, and when that happens, you go from focus to laser locked, bro. Yeah. Like locked. Yeah. And you're like, I don't care what happens. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you up and I'm going to make you look like you fucked up. Like that's my, it. That's what it's about. But like that's my, where top tier athletes take that big leap. And there, there's the difference between like everyone else and them because they can do that. That's it's a special ability. There's certain guys you just never want to poke. Jordan obviously was that guy. Kobe Bryant, absolutely. Oof. Jimmy Butler, Max Scherzer, Nolan Ryan, Bryce Harper's on that list, man. Those guys are cut from a different claw. Oh, yeah. Like they want that. You they do want not want to give. Bryce Harper a reason to be even better than he already is. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, you're right. Are the Phillies have it in the back? Locked up? My heart tells me yes. Yeah. Uh, this will be outdated by the time this episode even gets out. Probably. Yeah, because they got to face Spencer Strider. Right. But, like, if you beat him twice, damn. Yeah. But also, if like if you get to a game five, like you get Zach Wheeler back, right? Yeah. So, and that that's Zach Wheeler, Max Freed, and I don't know, man. I just, but but it goes back to Atlanta. That's the big thing. So today is a, I mean, today is a massive, massive, massive matchup. I think I think that I don't, I can't really picture a world that Philly loses today. And that's saying a lot because Spencer Strider is nasty. Like he leads the universe in strikeouts. He's going to get Cy Young votes. He could very well go shut him out through six, seven innings. But you know what? Even though Snicker is like old school somewhat, at some point analytics will take over and they'll take Strider out. And then Mm -hmm. the Phillies are going to eat. Because even, even last time he faced him, he didn't like get hit that hard. He gave up like a run, I think. But then the bullpen gave it up. So it, it's going to be a fight, man. And we're going to see Ranger Suarez. We're going to see somewhat of a bullpen game again. If Ranger Suarez doesn't look good early, I guarantee they turn to Taiwan Walker. Mm-hmm. They still got him out there. I thought maybe he might get a start 
But the, as well as it went with Ranger Suarez in game one, why would you change it? That bullpen is filthy for Philly, by the way. Yeah, it is. Like the worst guy they got coming out of there is like Hoffman or like and he's good. No hit, no hit Lorenzen. Like yeah. Michael Lorenzen was their mop up yesterday. Come on. Yeah. Nasty. Starting pitching, baby. Starting pitching. All right. I, I want to tie this episode, tie a little bow on it. Because I, I want to dive in deeper on the LCSs, but I want to know the matchups first. So we'll have another episode later, either this week or, or, or maybe this weekend, depending on when these this uh, Philly Atlanta series ties itself up. But just initial thoughts: Houston, Texas, the Battle of Texas for the American League Championship Series. What are your initial thoughts on that uh, that matchup? Um, I love it, baby. You know I'm from Texas, so Texas boy. You don't have to complain. You don't. You're not going to hear anybody complaining about travel or flights or. You can fly back and forth every day if you want. It's a it's a 20-minute flight from Houston to Dallas. 25-minute flight. You could take a bus, three-hour bus. Like, I'm fired up. I, I think a lot hangs on if uh I, I lean Astros in this one. And I grew up a Rangers fan, but I lean Astros just because Verlander, Framber, Christian Javier, or Kitty was nasty yesterday. Like that's a four. Their bullpen is, is, has been there, done that. And in these big games the last couple of years, their lineup is battle-tested. They've been uh, through the big games the last few years. All these guys. Jordan Alvarez is probably the most feared hitter on the on planet Earth right now. Um, But the Rangers, Jordan Montgomery, very good. Nathan Navaldi is very good in the postseason. And he's back healthy again. He was filthy the other day. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, oh, Mr. Max Scherzer might be back oh he's i don't trust now the rangers here's the kicker the rangers bullpen sucks they've been good so far in the couple games we've seen them have to actually come in and make get outs the exception with the exception of chapman fair he's been pretty bad when in the postseason chapman i'm just talking about this year yeah yeah. i'm just saying like they've been in the postseason with the exception right i get that i get that um so the kicker is their offense obviously when they, they're probably the most streaky offense in baseball when they suck they're ice cold we saw that for three four weeks end of august september but right now they're hot they're hot i mean they're crushing the ball so this could be a fight man we might see a seven gamer here i hope i hope we do i think i think this is a seven gamer it's gonna be a grinder come down to game seven extra inning games like it's gonna be good i think we could see some benches clearing situations no shot no one's wasting outs no one's no one's throwing punches, but I think you get some, you know, the the shove. What, hold hold me back. Change? Hold me back. What's going what's gonna to cause it? Stopping in pitch. I don't know. It's a battle of Texas, man. It's man. a battle of testosterone. Yes and no, but in the postseason, like most of that gets like swept under the rug because you're like, I don't want to get thrown out. I don't want to get fined. I, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to put a free guy on, stuff like that. So most of the time if people get drilled in the postseason, no one thinks like, he hit him on purpose. Like it's most, I'd say 99.9% of the time it's an accident. Cause you don't want a base runner as a local final question as a local former local, who's got a bigger fan base, the Rangers or the Astros. Oof. There's a well, pretty even. Well, the Astros, their success over the last few years has really grown their fan base. Um, I'd say it's pretty, I'd say it's pretty even. Okay. The Dallas, I mean, the Dallas area is massive. And when the Rangers are good, that place is a lot of fun. 
Yeah. So I, th both places are going to be jump. Postseason rolls on, as do we. Wake and Rake podcast, all part of the Believe Network. Peace out, party people. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.